Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to our opening series of 2022, which is called Thrive. One of the reasons that we wanted to start this year out with that is because, quite frankly, um, it seems like it's been a while since we have. In fact, um, there's an analogy I can use right now. If you happen to be a Green Bay Packer fan, after last night, it was a non-thrive feeling. In fact, that that one game seemed to characterize the last 18 months of my life that was going on that way. And that's not what we want. In fact, it's not what Jesus wants for us. And to be able to say today, my heart's desire for each and every one of us is that we would thrive. Thrive in 2022 and thrive beyond that as well. We know that there's five factors, these are for every human being, that go into thriving in one's life. They are our health, our relationships, our finances, our vocation, and our faith. Now, each of these are independent, and at the same time, they're interdependent with each other. They, they connect, right? Because if one's bad, it has a tendency to pull the thrive factor down in our life in all of the rest of them as well. And these factors, if we're not careful, we can also use them, it's like you can weaponize them. And you can use them as a means of judgment on somebody else. Or they're a self-condemnation that's taking place and going on. And I hope that is not what's going on with you. Now when we approach Thrive, this is the one thing that becomes distinct in this series, and of course in what we're trying to do. It's the foundation for all of this when Jesus comes into it. Now, Jesus' statement to us is this. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. Now, what Jesus is saying is, I am going to bring something to you that you do not have without me. And of course, he talks up front. This is about eternal life. This is my purpose in coming, in going to the cross and in resurrecting. But he doesn't end it there. Jesus goes on to say, and that you might have life to the full. In other words, you are going to have something in your life. There is going to be a thrive factor or a thrive influence in each of those critical areas with Jesus that you wouldn't have without Jesus if we will just pay attention to what he has to say to us and for his help and grace in us. Which brings us, of course, to today, thriving financially. And if I were to ask you this question, do you believe that Jesus wants you to thrive financially? Would you agree? That's kind of a loaded question. Like, like, that could go so many different ways. And we really want to be careful that we don't put words into Jesus' mouth. And some people have tried to put these words into Jesus' mouth that he never said. Jesus never said, follow me and I will make you wealthy. I will make you materially rich. Never said that. He didn't say, follow me and you're going to have a problem-free life. Never said that. But he did say a lot about money and about finance. In fact, Jesus talked more about money and finance. He taught more on money and finance than any other subject with the exception of the kingdom of God. Now you think about that. Jesus never taught on anything that was unimportant 
or insignificant. This is like kind of a big deal then with Jesus. Jesus would point us to this, this fact. You know, in the scripture, there are 2,350 different words to us with regards to money and finance in our lives. If you start thinking about like, why does the Bible say so much about money? Well, Jesus would say it's for this reason. And he taught, again, a lot on this, but he would say it's because our faith and our finance, they're not separate, but they go hand in hand. In fact, one of the greatest things that the devil could accomplish is to get you to separate finance and faith in your mind. Now, it's true with every one of the five factors. If Satan could get us to separate faith from our health, from our bodies, it's a win. If he can get us to separate faith from our relationships, faith from our finance, faith from our work or school, and for him, it's just a win. Truth is that our finances are one of the most tangible elements of what our faith really is in our lives. So let's talk about it. You've got two parts to financial thriving. You've got the, we'll say our part, the human part, but our part, and then you've got God's part. And some of the things with God's part, he will say things I mean, there's some things in scripture that's like, it's just wisdom for everybody. So like, listen up. But there's other things that he says just to those that have chosen to trust him, that have chosen to be a follower of Jesus. A lot of times those things have to do with giving. Now, if you're not, if you're not a follower of Jesus, then he's not asking you to do these things. But I do hope that you'll just kind of listen to a couple of them, all of them with a little bit of intrigue and figuring out like the, what's the why? Why would God say that? Just to see what you come up with with a reason for that. When we began with the wisdom um, part of this, I thought, well, I'm gonna go to people that are even, you know, they're much wiser than I am when it comes to finance. So I got hold of five friends and they are really, really smart individuals, really, really smart um, financial advisors. And I asked them the question, I said, what advice would you give to someone, and I had this context in mind, I let him know that, when it comes to thriving financially? Here's a couple of things that they said. You might want to take a note or two. I think there's some real gold that's um, in here, no pun intended. Ed started out this way. He said, if you want to um, um, thrive financially, he said, pursue a rich life, not riches. Well, that's good stuff. I think that's worth writing in your checkbook, right in the front, if you still have a checkbook. He goes on to say, spend less than you make because that math never fails. Okay? Be grateful and diligent. Dave said this. He said, now, if you're someone whose finances are in a mess, don't raise your hand, then he said, it's time to redo what you're doing. He said, get help. He goes, if your finances are in good shape but you still worry, then it's time to refocus on God. Matt said, financial thriving, it doesn't happen by luck. It's about having a plan and working toward it no matter how slow it seems like it's taking. Ken wrote back and he said, budget, budget, budget. 
can't stress this enough. Then he said, communicate, communicate, communicate. And I'm thinking, Ken really likes to talk in threes, doesn't he? <laughs> he goes like, but don't keep secrets because this really leads to problems in relationships and avoid credit card debt that can't fully be paid off every month. And then Mark, he kind of summed it up this way with three steps. He said, step one, manage your cash flow. Step two, manage your debt well. Step three, save for the future. That's a pretty solid wisdom, wouldn't you say? I mean, you apply that, you help your kids to understand that, other people understand that, well, you're doing this, you've got that wisdom that's moving for you. It's gonna compound in a very good way. And just out of curiosity, how many here have ever, uh, how many have seen a financial advisor before? Some of you in here, yeah, okay, yep. That would be our part, follow wisdom. But we said, in this series, we really wanna be able to dial into, but what is it that Jesus brings to us that we wouldn't have without Jesus? And when it comes to God's part with finance, what we're talking about is God's personal working in an area of our life, this area now being the financial area, the material area of our lives. We're not talking about, you know, do the right thing and you get good karma, do the right thing and you're just gonna get, reap the results of this. What we're talking about is a direct intervention of God Almighty working in our lives because we are taking him at his word. That's what we want to lean into. I think that's what we can help with. Whereas a financial advisor is going to help you get that, the plans and the details, this is tapping into a very, very different source. So we'll take the scripture, and of those 3,350 references, we're going to read all of them today. No, we're not. We'll read three of them today. Um, I'm going to start in the Old Testament with the book of Malachi. And verse 10, chapter 3, says this. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Tithe, if you're not familiar with that term, it's 10%, um, 10 of one's income. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul takes these words of God and gives them to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And he starts out speaking of giving. He said, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He goes on. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This last word from Jesus, 
He said in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Now, when it comes to these words from God, the personal question that I want to ask each and every one of us is this. Do you believe that these are words of God to you? That is, do you believe that it's God Almighty that has given us his word and he has protected it, that is, he's preserved it, so what he said then is still the word that he has for us right now? Do you believe that the words we've just heard are God's words? And then if you believe that, do you believe that God is going to do what he said he was going to do? The themes that kind of run throughout those give, and I am going to be at work in your life. He didn't say give, and then you can expect this much more. He just said, if you give, you will see me at work blessing in your life. In other words, you will be better off for giving than if you hadn't given, and you will know that I am at the source of it. Do you believe that? And if you do, then we're ready to step into financially thriving. Jesus would say to each of his followers, I want you to be a generous giver. And you go like, at least for these three reasons. He said, I want you to be a you know, generous giver, one, because I am. And if you're going to be like me, then you need to be a giver. He would say, two, I want you to be a giver so that you can experience the blessing that comes from giving. Because truthfully, the only way you're going to be able to experience it is if you do it. And then Jesus might bottom line it like this. He said, but really, it's all about my lordship. That is, are you willing to put me first in your life? Deuteronomy says the purpose of the tithe is always to put God first in our lives. And so this really becomes this litmus test for faith for us and following Jesus, if you are a follower of his. Again, if you're not a follower of Jesus, then you're going like, huh, it's interesting that Jesus would say that to his followers. When we think about what is a plan that we can work with, because we've heard, we heard Ken and Matt up here, and they're talking to us, you know, about, you know, about planning and so on and so forth, and here's what Jesus is saying, but like, what does that look like in real life? And I thought, using one of the simplest plans, it's called 101080. I think all of us can wrap our heads around that. And 101080 would be this: give 10, save 10, and then live off of the 80 that way. And if we're teaching our kids, we could do it like this. Teaching your kids how to use money and these principles, it is so, so important, isn't it? So if we give our kids, they've got $10. They're like, oh, that's a good deal. We'd say, take the first dollar, and we want to make sure we give that dollar to God. And then take your next dollar, and we want to put that aside for savings. And then you can choose and decide to do with whatever you, know, you choose to do with the other $8. That's for you to manage and use. And if you do that, 
Most of your kids are going like, that is a good deal. And we go like, that's a pretty simple plan. But things get a little bit more emotional when the numbers rise a little. At least I found that so. For example, let's say, let's do it with hundreds this time. Let's say you make $1,000 a week. You clear $1,000, okay? So if we get $1,000 each week, we would take the first 100. I'm gonna give 100 to God. And then we're gonna take 100 and we put it into savings. And then I've got this last 800 that I can decide what to do with or I can live off of that. Now, just out of curiosity, does anybody feel any tension? The difference between giving God a dollar and giving God a hundred. I don't think anybody would go like, ah, God, here's your dollar. <laughs> Feeling good about it. God, here's your If I were to give you this today, how many, could, how many could think of something right now you would do if I gave you an extra $100 today? Like right now. Well, good. Dreaming is good because I'm not giving it to you. But I mean, like this, you go like, there are so many things that I can do with this. And that's where the emotion begins to set in, especially if I make more than $1,000 a week that way, right? Now, there's a couple reasons that we, we don't give. I think these are the top two. See what you would add to them. One reason that we don't give is just because we don't want to. Quite frankly, it's like, I don't want to give. Like, my heart's not in giving. It's not what I want to do with my money. I want to keep it for myself. And remember, if you're not a follower of Jesus, God's not asking you to give. God's not trying to get something from you. But the other reason we don't give is because we don't feel that we can. Truth of the matter is that with this $1,000, and this is what I have to work with, if I had more to give, I would. But I've got all of this money already spent or accounted for, and so I just don't have anything left over to give. Sometimes I don't have anything left over to, to save. I mean, I wish I could. And so to do that, we'd actually have to change what we're doing with this to prioritize this. And it may be living off of less. And that's where, again, some of the emotion comes in. Like, how would I, like, what would I cut? What would I adjust in my budget that would be going on that way? Again, real testing of our, of our faith and of our stewardship. So we got our part, right? We need to manage it well. We choose if we're going to give, trust God. And then you get God's part. I'm going to work as you give. I want to bring it back again to God's part for just a second. Because it's really important for us to understand this. Again, not to put words into God's mouth. Don't think that if you give to God, you can give and not be a good manager of what it is that you have left. 
a good steward. In other words, God doesn't honor, God doesn't bless poor management. He doesn't bless poor stewardship in our life. You can give to God, but if you don't use a budget, and interestingly enough, um, I heard Ken mention this. He said two-thirds of people do not have a budget, not a working budget in their life. So you can give to God, but if you don't use a budget, and you're like, well, why am I not being blessed? You could give to God, but at the same time, just continue to use this over and over again. Does anybody have one of these? Have you seen this before? Too bad it's a Packer card today, but I mean... I suppose there's a picture in that as well. How many have more than one of these? How many have more than one of these? Yeah, like, you can give, and if you just keep racking up debt, and you're like, God, it doesn't work. Giving doesn't work. And he's like, it works really well, but it doesn't counteract the mismanagement of everything else. It's the two that God said, I want you working with me and watching. Now there's one word that Jesus gives to all of us when it comes to money. And it's this, it's found in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus said, now what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their own soul? And what will anyone give in exchange for their soul? And what Jesus was saying was this, he goes like, if you had everything that money could buy, but you're empty on the inside, he said, are you thriving? Jesus would say, if you could get everything that your heart desired, all the material goods in the world, but you ended up then in dying and going to hell, he goes, that is not what I want for you. In fact, he said, I will do everything within my power to keep that from happening. And Jesus isn't talking theoretically to us here. It's not like, hey, here's some church talk, you know, what good is if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Jesus is saying this, I have seen this over and over and over and over and over and over again. Faith and finance get separated. People get lots of this and they are so empty on the inside. They are so lost without me. Which is why he speaks as openly as what he does this way. Because he said, I've come that you could have a life. And I want you to have life to the full. So as we consider our action steps, what do we do with what it is that we've got in front of us? With each of our Thrive Steps, we've said, here's what we want to do. We want to begin with God. We want to determine what's a doable action step that we could take. We want to make sure that we have shared it with somebody else. And if we're stuck in an area, we're going to get help. So when it comes to this area of beginning with God, if you haven't trusted Jesus as your savior yet, then Jesus' word to you would be, come to me, learn of me. And if that's something that you're like, I really need to learn about Jesus. I just need to learn about you know, faith. Can I encourage you to join with us for Alpha? Alpha is a gathering that we do. Um, we've got it coming up in February now, February 8th. It's on a Tuesday night. Actually do dinner with it as well. But it's just a gathering to talk about and to discover what real faith is like in our lives. Who is Jesus? If you're already a believer, when you begin with God, it would be this way. God would say, I want you to remember something. He said, I want you to remember 
that it's the Lord your God, for he's the one that gives you the power to get wealth. God just says, you know what? You may say, look what I've got. This is what I've earned. This is my paycheck. But he says, I just want you to remember that I am the one that gives you the ability to get what you've got. So remember me. Step two, how do you rate yourself today? If you were to rate yourself how you're thriving financially, one, really poorly, 10, you're just where you wanna be, what number would you give yourself? And now what is going to be a step to help us to move in the thriving direction? Maybe it's going to be in that wisdom area budgeting, savings, investing, um, you know, financial peace. Maybe it's gonna be for you, the spiritual side of it, which begins with giving. We get easy on-ramp that we've used for a couple of years now. This year we call it 20 and 22, which would be when I give $20 a week, every week in 2022. It's consistent, you begin to get a habit, you begin to you know, see what God's doing that way. I think we really get serious with our planning when we look at our percentages, percentage giving. In other words, you look down like, this is what I make. What percentage am I going to give to God? Am I going to give him 4%? Am I going to give him 6%, 7%? You may work your way up to a tithe at that point. But you determine how that you are going to honor God. I was just... I was just an infant as a Christian. So I'm teenage, teenage years, but you know, I'd only been a Christian a little bit, didn't know much, and somebody said, um, guy, one of the things that God would ask you to do is to tithe. I knew, I just said, what's a tithe? Like, what, what are you talking about? And they just talked to me about putting God first with my money. I'm like, oh, that seems to make sense. And I began early. One of my great hopes is if you are younger, that you will start early because there is also a compounding of God's working and grace in your life. And Denise and I have been through some really lean times. And we can share blessing after blessing and how God provided for us in times of real deep need. You may be older and you're like, this is all new to me. I'm like, and now's the time for you to take that first step in faith too. But the younger you can learn, just the better off that you are to test God and discover God. Sharing with somebody else, tell them what your step is. Or for those of you that have learned, you know what? I can't outgive God. God is faithful in giving. Would you start to share your story? Like share it with other people. Tell, I mean, tell your group, tell others. I heard people, you know, start telling me stories. Even last night about what they've discovered that way. The more that we can brag on Jesus and what he's done in our lives, the more that it helps others. Not our brag story, but it's a Jesus brag story. And if you've got one, I'd love to hear it, but again, get that out there. Which brings us to the last step. If you need help, if you're like, I need help, I am stuck, then I want to encourage you to listen to Chris and her story. This is Chris and her family. You'll see them up, up in front of us her, her four children. Chris is one of our co-leads for Financial Peace here, but here's her story behind that. She said it was back in 2017 after a family member took the course, they suggested I look into it. So I did, but not long after starting the course, my life took a big downturn and I found myself a single mother, one income. It was then 
that I found out what FPU was really about. A step-by-step approach to not only managing your money, but to be getting out of debt. And she did. She said, I've been very fortunate to be able to facilitate and co-facilitate FPU courses here at Fox River. And it is truly rewarding to hear from others. After them having attended the courses, and listening how the sharing of the group experiences changed our lives. I feel very blessed. Each time I'm stopped by someone from a prior class, either to talk about their struggles or to hear about their successes. And Chris says, I know God put me, put me here. And he's allowed me to be available to share my experience and my struggles to be able to help others in their journeys. And as someone, again, single parent, four kids, and to say that they're thriving financially, that is a brag on Jesus, isn't it? Can we just thank Chris for what she's doing in financial peace and helping others and, you know, just for sharing that story that way. And let me use it just as, a, as an invite to you. If you are struggling at all financially, sign up for financial peace. Again, starting February 8th, so it's just a couple of weeks away. It can be so, so helpful for you. Now, if you're thriving financially, but you're arguing about money at home, then would you sign up for financial peace? Because one of the things you're gonna find with it is that it helps you to communicate. It helps you to understand one another better. And you will be blessed in doing that. I just wanna remind everybody of Jesus' words. His words to you today are this. I came that you could have life. And that you could have a different life, a better life with me, if you follow me. And so if you haven't trusted Jesus, coming him to, for life, what he did on the cross and his resurrection, that's the beginning point. Taking him at his word, trusting him in the most tangible areas of life, he said, you watch me be a difference maker in you. Would you join me in this prayer? Jesus, thank you. You just don't talk about, you know, theory and heaven someday, but you are our savior now. And you're the one that comes alongside to help us now in the areas that matter most in life that can be so good, that they can be so, so, so soul-sucking. Some are getting their soul sucked from them right now because of money. Money pressures, money wants. For the one here, Jesus, that's ready to put their faith and trust in you as their savior today, to say, I need your saving grace in my life, the forgiveness of sins that you made possible on the cross, Jesus. Would you please save me today? If that's your prayer, to trust Jesus as your savior today, can I ask you, would you just lift a hand high boldly saying, God, that's exactly what I need. Yeah, you can wave at me, sure. That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus, that you give life. We who have received it, thank you that you make life better when we follow you. Help us to do so more and more. We pray in your name and everybody in agreement said, 
If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.